Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Deadstream follows a disgraced internet personality, Sean Ruddy, played by our guest, one of our guests today, Joseph Winter, who attempts to win back his followers by live streaming one night alone in a haunted house. But when he accidentally pisses off a vengeful spirit, his big comeback event becomes a real-time fight for his life. The film is called Deadstream. Thoroughly enjoyable film, very clever, very well done, and we're joined today by the co directors as well as co-writers and one of the stars of the show uh and that would be vanessa and joseph winter to both of you welcome to film school radio thanks for having hey, us mike yeah thank you i probably left out a few other hats that you wore during the course of this did you also <laughs> edit it as well this is pretty much a right did you edit yeah we did and shot it and yeah well so. our so we have to it was basically a three-man show because right. our co-producer ndp and post-production supervisor who did all the effects is jared cook jared cook his uh -huh. his name is all over the credits he's he's doing he, everything he's he washing so dishes. many hats <laughs> poor guy i saw a lot of cooks actually in the credits as i recall i don't know if they're all yeah. part of a clan there but yeah that's they're uh, all his family and extended family yeah well congratulations on, like I said, a very fun film. I'm sure people have said to you the little bit of the Blair Witch thing going on. There's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but it has got such great energy. It's just fun to watch. What inspired it? Yeah, well, we both, I think we both got inspired in different ways. You want to go first? You connected with the uh, character well, first. Well, actually, kind of. I, I, I think that the first part of this just came as a gimmick idea where uh, we we're just like, okay, what if, what are the different ideas that we could possibly go shoot ourselves? No one could tell us no. And we could get our first feature under our belt, but just you and me. And the idea that came to me one night was uh, a camera strapped to me, pointed at my face. It was the only camera the whole time. And Haunted House spooky noises but you don't actually see them and it's just like that's the gimmick of the movie and i pitched that to vanessa she said that was not a good idea and so <laughs> I, I dropped it but then she started coming back to it as like okay but what if and it started becoming like then there was an exploding head and we were like yeah what if they're like what if this started as that grounded kind of thing and ended up working its way into more of an evil dead kind of vibe where you kind of forget that it's found footage and we started like wondering is that something that's achievable and that became kind of exciting for us yeah joseph's always been really funny at acting scared so that i think maybe the character was birthed from that ability but then of course it evolved into a character that had a real past and a real you know, some skeletons in his closet. And yeah, I think I think it was the exploding head for me. It was once I was like, okay, like, could is it possible to take something subgenre that's typically more grounded and to kind of take it to a more crazy place? And I think my brain just kept working on that. 
Yeah. And I want to add this. It it was no longer a DIY project. Like this was, it was so clear that we would have to find a partner like Jared Cook who and could hi- hire a crew and yeah, we had a, we had an amazing crew and an amazing partner in Jared Cook and in Melanie Stone, who also not only was she Chrissy, but she came on board as a producer to carry some of that weight. Over the course of the many years that I've been interviewing filmmakers, it is so impressive for me to watch people take especially with a first film, you're trying to establish yourself, you're trying to make a name for yourself. But finding something that is technically possible, logistically possible to do on a, on a small budget and making something really creative out of it. And that's how I f- really truly feel about what you did here. You found the house. Is this a house, by the way, I'm just curious, is the house nearby or um, the set of setting for... Uh, for the film Deadstream, and but your ability to do that to y- use limited resources and be very creative with it—that's the thing that is very impressive. I'm just curious about the house. Where was it? Was it nearby or? Yeah, it's about 30 minutes from our house, and okay. we had no idea it existed. Um, it's in a really small town that has, and it has a real haunted lore around it. In fact, one of the biggest the biggest challenges of filming there was that teenagers would break into it every night as part of like a ghost hunting tradition, not the same teenagers, but it was just such a popular spot to go ghost hunting that people were always breaking in. Yeah. I, I, the house was just such a gift. Like it just had so much personality in it. I think Joseph made a Facebook post and people kept suggesting it. And when we first saw it, we were a little bit heartbroken because it was in such bad shape. Um, the second floor was like all the interior walls had kind of fallen apart, but we ended up deciding to go for it. And after we had a contractor look, look at it and he came and like reinforced some things to make it safe. And our production designer was really great about putting in false walls that just really matched the texture of the house. And yeah, just all the, it was interesting because of course, when you imagine a haunted house, you always imagine it as being like at least I do of like browns and dirty and just kind of a monotone palette. But this house, the wallpaper had so much color in it and there was all this colorful tagging. And so seeing it was kind of like, oh, you know, we're doing something a little bit louder with this film. And I don't know, it ended up being like a really great part of the character. It is. Did you ever get a vibe when you were in there at night? I mean, you sh- obviously shot a lot at night. In fact, I think the whole seems film. Like every, it seems like everybody but us got the vibe. Right? Yeah, we keep joking that we're not very paranormally sensitive. <laughs> um, but there was definitely, um, well, and we were always there together. But Jared is the one that had to go by himself, yeah. poor guy, because yeah. it is pretty freaky at night. And I think he did have some like experiences that he wondered if maybe... No, he didn't wonder. He was like, he had some experiences. Like he had the closing the door in the middle of the night after like cleaning it up after a break in and feeling like he had cold fingers tickle the back of his neck, like those kinds of, and one time he was uh, trying to close the door and something felt like it was pulling it the opposite direction. Like he could sense that there was a, it was as though there was a person right there yanking on the door and, it's and, like and he wasn't he wasn't the old, only one. No, there was, was uh, there was some other people that had ghostly experiences. There were there were they, lots of requests like this, like, hey, can we is it OK if I don't go into that master bedroom by myself without a partner? It was like the crew members would ask that kind of thing, depending on 
what they claim to have energies of like assigned a certain room. So it was, it was a pretty wild experience. Anecdotally, I've lived in the mountains and I've been on the nights when I've obviously been there when on nights where no moon, no nothing. And it doesn't get much darker than that. I mean, Ooh. it, you know what I mean? You, you I mean, if you, you're in Utah, you, you know what I'm talking about. You're it, it's jet black. I mean, whatever, whatever the pitch black, I guess would be the best way to put it. And you can't see in front of your face. So it's, it's funny great- because we got lost in the woods on my birthday a few years ago on a hike. And ever since then, I really started to sympathize with how terrifying that is. So you just talking about being up in the mountains by yourself in the dark. Yeah. I mean, now when I watch movies that take place in a dark forest, I experience it on another level. Well, that kind of what the vibe I was getting watching it as well. It, well, you you don't have to have experienced what Vanessa and I were talking about to enjoy this film. Again, I, I mentioned to you at the very beginning of our interview, the energy, Sean brings it. And 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 I love that it's Chrissy, right? I have that right, Chrissy, yeah. played, by, played by Melanie Stone, who appears. And you're thinking, well, this is great. This is, you know, whatever. I don't want to give anything away, but it's just a, <laughs> such a fun energy to her character. And I mean, especially as we get to know her a little bit. And where did let's talk about Melanie Stone and her? You you mentioned that she's not only she's above the line and below the line on this on this particular film. How did you well, get to we, know her? Yeah, we wrote, we've been working, we'd worked together before, collaborated before, but she's so hilarious and yes. terrifying <laughs> at the same time that once she, like once we told her we were writing the role for her and she was on board, I feel like that really helped with the tone of the movie because I started, I started real like imagining Melanie in her performance was like, I can see this being funny and also scary. Yeah, yeah. Just want to remind our listeners, we're speaking to Joseph and Vanessa Winter. They are direct co-directors, co-producers, co-writers, composer. Joseph, congratulations. Uh, editors, uh, and as well as uh, Joseph, is Sean Ruddy. Deadstream is being released through Shudder, and it is out now. We haven't talked a whole lot about Sean's backstory. But apparently I did in the intro, but I'd like to revisit that. So we have some idea what what I was in a very Shakespearean kind of way. What infuses the character of of Sean Ruddy in all of this? Uh, well, with Sean. So here how we came to Sean is we started we started watching some big influencers and trying to figure out like, you know, what makes them tick? <laughs> like what what seems to be driving the personalities behind this kind of thing. We borrowed different personality quirks from different influencers and a little bit of the things that I hate about myself. And we kind of mixed them together and came up with this guy who's tech savvy and has good good entertainment instincts, but is also so self-obsessed and so obsessed with his craft, his following, that he is willing to do literally anything to give a good show and that's obviously his downfall and has been his downfall prior to the start of the movie i would say what was really inspiring to us with the character was as we were watching influencers starting to get attached to them over time where we went into it originally like look at these guys kind of like without a respect for some of them and over time getting attached realizing that these are real people who are obviously very talented and good at their craft and that's why people watch them in mass numbers and we couldn't 
make if we made a character that didn't feel like anyone would ever watch them then we felt like we would have failed so we tried to make sean seem like there's an audience for him somewhere that his show wrath of sean is actually viewed by people and you kind of get why even if you don't like him got so much energy he's quick he's funny and also he scares well in the film <laughs> so that helps right yeah uh, yeah he does he does a good he does that well and and by the way vanessa i have not given you credit and i pardon me for you are in the film um you are i don't want to i don't even know if i oh, want to say too i'm much. not i'm not in the film i am like the back of my head is in the film okay yeah. <laughs> okay, but listen, let's just a very let's important just back of the head. You play baby Moses's mother. Uh -huh. That yeah. is pretty significant. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I shove a raft <laughs> in the film. But yeah, no, not an act. One hundred percent, not an actor. This is your first feature, and you're working kind of without a net in terms of. Did you know? Did you have some kind of a sense that moving forward you were going to be able to find a distributor? Did Melanie and others help you? Did you know? kind of you were you the end game or that that you had something to look forward to in terms of getting the film out we not really we tried really hard we did a lot of research tried to kind of understand the market i think for first time filmmakers it is pretty opaque and it's also probably because the market is just constantly changing hmm. what streamers are, will are willing to pay or anything like that yeah, we tried to make we tried to make an educated guess, but we were kind of shooting in the dark. Yeah, we had we had uh, picked up a manager from this short film that Vanessa direct wrote and directed a few years ago. Um, but that he's pretty much the only person in Hollywood that we knew. And we knew that he didn't have I mean, he didn't have like hot connections to distribution for our film. It was just kind of like we were going to part of the reason we made the movie is to get that education of like trying to find how what's the right process and what are people actually willing to pay for films and and just learning more about the festival circuit. So, yeah, we kind of went into it just eager to learn with the film. So you went on, would, would that be the horror film festival? Because there's a whole, as you know, there's a whole universe of of film festivals dedicated to horror and fantasy, right? Yeah, it was specifically yeah. genre. That's yeah. what we thought we were doing, at least at the beginning. We When we first started finishing the film or had a good enough cut, um, we started getting into some horror festivals um, last fall. And we were pretty excited about that lineup. We met a sales agent that encouraged us to actually pull from those festivals and try to get into a bigger festival. We ended up doing that. And then luckily, <laughs> we got into South by Southwest and played as part of their midnight section. And then now we're kind of finishing up the festival tour right now. Oh, congrats. Yeah, I asked because this is film school radio for filmmakers. I, I like to think that people who are making films listen to the show. And so it's always good to hear especially the film is, I was just looking at Rotten Tomatoes at 93%. The reviews have been really good, really solid. You're, the mixing of the horror with the comedy and it, it's, you did a great job. So uh, my congratulations to you on it. So, Thank you. Yeah, no, that's great. And you're getting released through AMC Shutter, which in, I, I don't know this, this landscape very well, uh, but it seems to me that that is one of the the best platforms you could be landing on in terms of what the film is about. So that's honestly what our goal was when we were making the movie is we 
we were hopeful that maybe somehow Shutter would want to pick us up. And that's that actually came true, which is amazing. So we couldn't be happier with the release that we're having right now. Right. Yeah, I think it always felt like a horror film for horror fans. Well, I will be honest with you. Horror is not the first genre that I generally look to in terms of my entertainment options. But I have to say, in all fairness, Shudder has really done a great job of presenting horror films that are more sophisticated, less just, you know, splatter and gore. And, you know, they're they're interesting. I've had a lot of filmmakers on recently that are are, are on Shudder now. And so it's uh, congratulations for, for landing there. And gosh, I hope that you're continuing to make the films you want to make. And um, I hope you have something you're working on now or you've got stuff in the works, hopefully. Yeah, we've got uh, multiple irons in the fire. I will say nothing that's ready to talk about, but we've yeah. got some. Yeah. We just finished up on VHS 99. Oh, yeah. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> that's coming out a few weeks after Deadstream on the 20th. Yeah. Shutter. And if you're, if you're not that aware of horror, VHS 99 is a horror yeah. anthology film series and this is the fifth one in the series and we have the the last segment that plays very good very yeah, did cool. you say october 20th you already yeah, say that <laughs> yeah so the, the if i recall the premise is people find vhs's put them in and then then the fun ensues right i mean that's kind of yeah kind that's of, how it's been yeah. and now they kind of did away with that wraparound but it's the same idea they're all like kind of found vhs tapes yeah very cool very cool well I want to thank our guests today, the directors, producers, the star of, the composer, the cinema, not cinematographer. I did overstep that. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, congratulations to both of you, Vanessa and Joseph Winter, for your work on Deadstream. It's now currently on uh, AMC Shutter. Be looking for it. And now we have VHS 99. I'm sorry, the, is that the yeah. whole title? VHS 99. VHS 99, just right around the corner. So my congratulations to you and all the best moving forward. Come back anytime. Appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. Uh, anytime hey, we will. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, you're yeah. very welcome. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.